recording. Let me get all my friends on Instagram live here, ready to go. Disable you and you. And I'm so excited. It's going to be a good show today. I'm really excited. So excited. <laughs> Forgive me, all the people on YouTube. I'm really excited about today's show, which is pretty nice. Okay, now I am live. Good afternoon, everyone. BC here at the BC Motor headquarters, and forgive me for my environment. I'm actually in this showroom today. I have my good friend PJ, um, visit from the East Coast, him and Scott, and they just left, and I'm here with you. So thank you so much. Fabian, hello as well. Thank you for joining me. And for those of you on the podcasting, thank you so much for spending this Tuesday afternoon with me to talk cars and, and whatnot. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you for being such great followers. And please subscribe if you haven't already. And you know that little bell that you can click on that gives you notifications when I am up and running. Alfie, good afternoon, sir. R36, good seeing you as well. Sam, Sam, I miss you. I haven't seen you in quite a while. Hope things are well with you and the wife. Oh, things are great. Grifter Tim, hello. Henba, hello as well. Dippin' Deep, good to see you as always. Son of Pain, waves to you. UK's in the house with Gareth. Thank you so much for joining me today, Gareth. Hello, I, who did I just miss? DH Autotech, thank you for joining me as well. AJ, greetings. Yes, GSX, I look forward to seeing you at the Festival of Speed as well. Thank you so much, Mendo, Men, Menso the Barber. Appreciate the kind words on the Porsche that I used to introduce today's event. Cube, 52, greetings, you know. Um, K-Booty says, am I ever in a bad mood? Of course I am. I'm in a bad mood if things don't go well or I don't go fast on the track or something happens. <laughs> so, but overall, I'm a positive person. I like to see good in everything, you know. Thank you so much, Sam. Things are fantastic. When are we going to swap the diff on the wagon? So, Kevin... I did it on Sunday, but I need your help with something else, Kevin. I have a, a caterham here that um, I'd love to work with you on to get that thing running. So let me know when you're available. I'd love to be able to do that with you, you know? San Francisco is in the house. Gonna try and get his permit. I wish you luck, Psycho. Hope things are well. Thank you, Chris. You are so kind. When's the next Z car coming out? Nick, Nick Arrange. I don't have a good relationship with Nissan, so I don't quite know yet. Thanks for all the hearts, guys. Fabian, thank you so much for the kind words of the wagon. I really, really love that wagon. And if not for my mishap on the Netflix show with the wagon, with the Odyssey, that wagon would not have existed. So, as I mentioned earlier, I do have the opportunity to look in and see challenges or things that are not so positive into good things, which is pretty nice, you know? Everyone works on Canadian projects. Yes, I do. Some people send cars all the way down from even Toronto. So, yes, we do. Thank you so much, Angel. I appreciate the kind words. Angel says, keep up the good work, BC. Thank you so much. Orlando, Florida is here. Thank you for joining us. How are things going on the W201? I was just talking to PJ about this. I haven't done much yet. I've spent the majority of the quarter catching up at work, which is interesting. But this year holds a lot of promise. I feel that this year you're going to see a lot more in-house projects from me. You're going to see a lot more BC on the track, which is pretty exciting for me as well. And a lot more great partners coming on board to help us do some wonderful things in the automotive community. Did I receive a new Porsche at the Porsche in Zuffenhausen? No, I haven't even been to Zuffenhausen in Germany. I've been to Germany to see some of my dealers, but I've never had the opportunity to go to the Porsche exhibit or the Porsche 
event or open house at all. I have not. Hello, Automotive KMD. Good seeing you. Hello, Neighbor MJ. Good seeing you. Um, any new Honda builds coming up? So, it's too early in the year. We're barely in February. We tend to get an idea of projects from American Honda come April, May. So, if I have the opportunity to explore some projects with American Honda, I'll definitely let you know. But I know that this year, some of their focus would be on the new Pilot, the Passport. They're doing some stuff with the Ridgeline. I know that those are kind of the projects they have in mind right now. So, you never know. But I can guarantee you, if we end up doing something, it'll be very, very exciting, you know? How much power can a D16 transmission hold as Jay Hernandez? So in my experience, you can put a D-series gearbox through anything from factory to 700 horsepower without challenge. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The type of clutch you use, being that does it grab very aggressively, could break aluminum forks which exist from the 1988 all the way to 1995 D-series gearbox. So those gearboxes have aluminum forks which if you put a lot of drivetrain shock into them, it tends to shock those forks and they break and you get this grinding effort. One thing I like about the D-Series gearbox is that they're very stubby, short gears, so they're very strong when they interlocked. So that being said, you don't tend to see the shearing you see with other gearboxes. But here is a secret. There is a D-Series gearbox that bolts onto all D-Series engines, and even the ZC twin cams or the D16A1s and A9s, that most people don't pay attention to, but I use in my own drag cars running 28 in slicks and running low nines with them without failure. And that is the D16A1 gearbox from the 86 to 89 first generation Acura Integra. That gearbox is pretty robust. Not only are the gears pretty strong, and the capability of having a five speed is there, it has a uh, steel shift forks, and here's what you may find appealing. You know how the B series guys and H series guys put a handcuff in Leo of fifth gear so that you can have the strength and the gears don't, the main shaft and counter shaft don't tend to spread and the tips of the gears engage and they shear off. Well, you'll be pleased to know that that 86 to 89 Integra D-Series gearbox has bearings that exist between 4th and 5th gear. Because you have that black cap that's on 5th gear and what does that mean? Honda went out of their way to really build that gearbox to make it very robust. And you don't get that spreading of the main and counter shaft that you may see with other gearboxes. It's very robust. I have three of those gearboxes. Um, one is a spare, the other one is a backup, and the proper one I learned in the car, I never have to switch them out. They're really, really strong. So, looking to that gearbox is something that I think you can find extremely appealing, you know? Gary the same BC, I haven't seen much of Twin Turbo Cayman. Any updates? Well, it's just sitting here in my showroom. I'm, I haven't had a chance to, you know, I'm kind of one guy driving cars. <laughs> I can get to all the vehicles, so the Cayman I haven't touched. In a while, I do want to update. Um, so I want to update the pistons in that and rods because I have some new rod designs. I do want to convert it from an air to air to liquid to air. It's just a matter of time. I've had the time to do it, so please forgive me. Um, let's see here. What services do I offer for air cooled engines? Cool, quite a bit of tuning, conversions from mechanical injection to the proper sequential fuel injection as well. We offer service in terms of fabrication. Particularly for the, the very popular design we have, I wish I could show it to you now, is the Bissimoto Pulse Chamber System, which is an exhaust system that replaces that very heavy factory crazy exhaust you may have in the air cooled 3.0 and 3.2s for the G-Body 911s. And I do offer you know, services for that where you can just remove that, gain 14 horsepower, it's emissions friendly, and gives you a nice deep tone. And if the decibel level is a little bit too loud, you have the capability of being able to 
insert what I call a sound arrester, which reduces the decibel levels by 18 dB. And that makes it very nice. Too quiet for me, but some people like it, which is pretty nice. It's very popular indeed, you know? Um, can I ship cars down there? But I've come up there only, so Clint, I've only been to, I went to Toronto twice last year for filming, but um, never to do work, you know? Yeah, Kevin said, let's go racing. Kevin, I miss racing a lot, guys. For those of you who don't know me well, I was crazy when it came to racing. I was at a drag strip Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every chance I could get. Um, my season consisted of starting from Orlando, Florida and working my way down to the West Coast. And I just loved it. It was a great stress reliever and allowed me to create some great products and so on and so forth. But it's so kind of crazy of recent, you know, you start a business and you're there to help customers and you have a family and it kind of takes away from your pastime. So it's very, very important to me this year to be able to have that balance, that balance with family, that balance with being able to take care of what I love so much, which is racing, and also make my customers happy. So what that means is some things may have to pull back on, particularly, let's say, some products I have in the market which are not very uh, technical or exciting. I may pull those away, uh, but it will give me the opportunity to race more and even create more exciting product, which is pretty nice. And I may not work every day because right now I work every day, every day. When I'm home, I'm home. I spend time with the family, spend time with the children. Um, I'm not one of those guys who go home in the evening and then sit down and kick back. It's very important to me to be able to spend time with the kids and interact with them and help with the homework and be there and be physically there and emotionally there. But um, I'm not one of the guys who just would go home and, and just watch television. I don't care for that or watch sports. I don't care for that either. So that being said, balance is very important to me this year, which is why I plan on exploring, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, Hey, BC, Kirk says, how much are your BC Motor shirts? I like the one I'm wearing now. Well, this is like $29 on the shift, anywhere in the world. So $29 uh, shift, and what I'll do is I'll put this up at the end of the uh, our interaction uh, when I thank all of you for being part of this interaction today. And I'll most likely put a link where you can get it. So it'll be very easy for you. You'll be able to swipe up on one of my stories and get the link, which is pretty nice, you know? Uh, Diling Designs is asking, Diling, by the way, for those of you who don't know him, he's a very talented individual who makes these really cool, like, turbo fans, which look really awesome. And he's asking, does the sequential gearbox have a clutch? Yes, it does. And it's not a dumb question at all. So, if you think about the, the, the need of the clutch, the clutch is there primarily to allow for engaging and disengaging of the engine to the drivetrain. So, even with a sequential transmission, even if you have clutch that's shifting, you still need a clutch to be able to allow the vehicle to move from rest into motion. So you do have to have that slipping where the vehicle is in neutral, where the engine is moving and the drivetrain is unengaged with it, and you put it in gear, and then with the clutch assembly, engage those two to move the car forward. Now after that, one thing that many people don't know is with sequentials, and even regular gearboxes, the H patterns that you tend to use in your manual transmissions, how it allows you to shift is to be able to remove the power from the drivetrain, allow the gears to synchronize, and then go to next gear and you put the power back again. With sequential gearboxes, you have two ways of doing it. You can still use a clutch to disengage the power from the drivetrain or from the gearbox, or you can use something like ignition cut or uh, ignition retard to remove power. You just have to reduce power to allow you to easily go to the next gear. So not a dumb question, definitely something that you can do and that you need, you know? Um, 
Hey, I just got a CRX with a B18, says Moderate Hunter in it. What could I do for the most horsepower without boosting and without doing too much engine work? So it depends on your goals. A very common thing for a B18C is intake, header, and exhaust. And of course, an engine management solution. Now that allows you to put a decent amount of power without having to worry about going to internals, putting camshafts, putting the head off, doing pistons and rods and sleeving and all that good stuff. So a proper intake, and when I say intake, you'd be intake manifold, as aggressive as that, a cold air intake from AEM, um, some headers, there are many options out there, engine management solution, and you guys know what I, you know, how I feel about oil. Like I have this right here, which is pure oil, and allows you to be able to add power by reducing friction internally and protect your engine. So it's like a performance part as well. So those are some of the things that you can do quite easily, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, is there, Clintown says, such a thing as too much power for certain rims? Like one should always use expensive forged rims or would cast rims be fine as long as there's no hub rings? Now, there, your question has so many elements to it. The hub ring, let's start with the last one and move forward. The hub ring allows you to give some kind of concentricity, meaning it allows for the wheels to be centered properly on the hub where you're bolting it to. And that is very important when you want to prevent wobble. It's not very good to center wheels on the lug nuts themselves, even though you could have some success with that. That's what a hub centered one does. It prevents kind of wobbling and, and misalignment, okay? Now, when it comes to forge wheels, cast wheels, it depends on the manufacturer and the integrity of the wheel. Our industry is plagued, and I really mean the word plagued with so much rubbish out there. There's so many fake wheels that don't pass FEA certification, where you can check for strength and it's never checked. Uh, TUV in Germany is very strict with what wheels they're allowed to be sold there, and, and you have to pass very stringent tests in terms of integrity and strength, and a lot of these wheels don't. What I typically do is I always partner and buy wheels from reputable companies. You know, I use 1552. Have a wheel from Carbon Revolution, so it doesn't necessarily have to be material. For example, which is great. Forgive me, I'm gonna stand up here. This is a carbon fiber wheel. See, it's really lightweight. I can toss it around. Really light. You can see that. Very nice carbon fiber, and it's pretty lightweight, but it's extremely strong. Even stronger than what you may see with aluminum, and very strong rigidity as well. You can also have some cast wheels that are very robust, like the stuff that I run from 1552, the Tarmac on the wagon, and so on and so forth. You can even have expensive wheels like the two or three pieces I run on some of the Porsches. So the one thing is to check with the manufacturer to make sure they have proper analysis. And there's no such thing as overpowering wheels. Even with drag slicks, if it's a proper design wheel, you won't fracture it. If it's a rubbish wheel, you can literally break the spokes when you're doing a proper launch, you know? AJ Thomas is asking, would the MR2 and 190 be funded out of OEM or out of business pockets? Well, AJ, unfortunately, be out of my own pocket. Um, I don't have a relationship with either Mercedes-Benz or with um, Toyota. So with projects like that, the old school projects like that, it's something that's more of like a passion project. It comes out of my pocket and it's very expensive to do. But it's a disease. I love it. <laughs> Booz is asking, ever work or want to work in an off-road industry? I think you'll kill it. I have never thought of it. You know, I am in a, um, how should I say? I am a result of my experience. Meaning, I love drag racing because that's the first thing that my friends when I used to work at Circuit City got me into. I love road racing because of people like Bad Influence, people like uh, um, Benny and, and Sam who's here, who came as customers really got me into that, which is pretty exciting. 
Off-road, I haven't had the influence yet to allow me to do that. So I don't know yet, but I'd like to. Anything that can go fast and makes lots of noise and is really cool, I am so for it, which is pretty exciting, you know? You guys have so many questions, I'm missing so many, you know? Um, so how come Stoner Paints asking the 86 to 89 gearboxes more robust than newer gearboxes? Well, it has to do with economies of scale. So manufacturers do find a way to reduce cost to be able to make vehicles more appealing to all of you. If cars are extremely expensive, it becomes very difficult to be able to sell them. Competition yields an opportunity where more people can get cars in a more cost-effective manner, but that also means that companies have to pay attention to the bottom line and how they can make cars to stay reliable, efficient, and enjoyable without breaking the bank. So that's the reason why. Uh, efficiency is very important as well, and I was just talking to PJ who was here earlier about Honda and the Earth Dreams, and he knows that the V6 engines that Honda makes nowadays weigh pretty much the same, slightly even less, as the older inline fours. How crazy is that? Because they want to be able to give the power of a V8 with the weight that's less than the standard V6, and so on and so forth, because of efficiency and power, you know? Can you run pure on a dirt bike, says Boozex Shoes, only if it's a four-stroke, where it doesn't have a wet clutch. If you have a four-stroke dirt bike, uh, you can do that. And if it has a dry clutch or a separate compartment for the wet clutch to have a separate fluid, then yes, it's too slippery to be able to use on clutches. You know? Oh, the video keeps pausing. Guys, let me know if you're having a hard time. Because what I did was I um, tried to get, um, not connect to my Wi-Fi here. So I'm using my proper 4G. If it's cutting out, guys, let me know. And I'll try and see what I can do to do that, you know? Um, oh, you appreciate the gasket. Thank you. It's with the EG. I appreciate that, you know? Um, how much did it cost me to build a VQ35? So I haven't built one 370. I haven't done that at all, you know? Thank you so much, Danny and Kevin, for answering my questions. Kevin's such a great guy, you know? Hello, Jim Genghis. Genghis. Good seeing you as well. No worries. Have a good afternoon, sir. Thank you. Hmm. I have a very good question. I had a very good question today in the DMs where someone asked me about um, EGRs and what they do. So let me tell you guys a little bit about EGRs. That's the exhaust gas recirculating valves that exist in most cars. So what typically happens if your head temperatures get really, really hot, what happens is that the fuel you're consuming, especially proper gasoline, tends to form what is known as NOxs. These are nitrides of oxygen, which can harm the environment. Does, doesn't do a very good job in the ozone layer. Doesn't protect us very well. It's very, very bad for the environment. So under those temperatures near 27, 2800, you don't get those NOxs forming. So what exhaust gas does is, you know, combustion gases in the exhaust stream is like really mostly carbon dioxide and water. So what exhaust recirculating valve does is it takes exhaust gases that you've already combusted and feeds a little bit back into the intake, into the combustion chamber, ideally. And what that does, it keeps the temperatures down. And by doing that, you don't get to the temperatures that can form NOxs, which are quite destructive, you know? It's a blurry picture. Oh, this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible. I'm so sorry, guys. Maybe I should go out and come back in. It's a blurry picture. Let me go out and come back in, guys. Give me a second. I'm going to exit, and I'll come back in. Hang tight, guys.
So for those of you in YouTube and listening, um, I received some information that everything I'm doing right now is pretty blurry. So I'm going to exit my application for Instagram and come back in and see if I can get people going. And I only have maybe 10 more minutes to interact with them. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to go live now, checking my connections. And it could be the weird weather we have. We have a very strong weather front here in California. Lots of rain, which is not very typical. So hello everyone, I came back. My apologies, hopefully the picture is much clearer now. So forgive me if it looks very tidy. So let me know guys, Sam I see you're back here with us. Uh, Dark Wade, let me know if the feed is better or if it's really bad. Hello Alfie, hello JDM King. Let me know if the picture is much better. Hello AJ, good afternoon. Much, see you great, fantastic. Wow, it's a kind of a weird, much clearer. Thank you so much. I was really worried. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, Joe, I have some information for you very soon. Carmafia says crisp. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that. Much better quality. Thank you. I did good. Thank you, AJ. I just left, closed the application, and came back. Son of pain. Welcome back, sir. Good seeing you. The link says much better. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Crazy, crazy day today. New Jersey. I'm getting a lot of... East Coast people, not only in here, but physically here. Stay safe out there because I understand the East Coast is pretty bad. Hello, Tony Tony. Thank you so much to 12 Call. I appreciate the kind words. My opinions, 260Z, is asking on the new Supra. I think it's cool. I think it's actually nice. A lot of people are talking crap about it. I do understand the partnership between BMW and Toyota. It really does help cut costs down, which is pretty nice. I think the design looks pretty nice, and I wouldn't mind getting my hands on one and having a lot of fun with it, which is pretty good, you know? Um, I think a twin disc for your question would be ideal for a street strip. AJ says there's heady rage. Yes, she does. She does. Quite a bit, actually. Um, we need a big, evil, busy pickup. A pickup would be nice. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> I think that'd be nice. Thank you, Benjamin. I was really worried about that, you know? Canada is minus 30. Oh my goodness. That's quite a bit, you know. Um, which AM fitting do we use for the Honda guys? Definitely the 506. The 506 and 508 are very similar. They're similar casing. Um, the 508 has... Is, I typically use 508s on cars that definitely you have to run high impedance injectors on that AJ. But the AM Infinity 508 is ideal if you have stage injection. So like on my drag car, I have a larger box. I think I have a 710 box. But... The 508 is ideal if you have kind of stage injection with eight injectors and inline four. But if you're just running a standard four-cylinder, which a majority of my customers do, that would require something as straightforward as a 506 with no problem, you know? Um, I love a lot of cars. What are my thoughts on the philosophy of noise equals waste of power and energy? Well, Clinktown, it does. One of the reasons why, you know, let me just make it very simple for, for you guys. Um, Internal combustion engines are nothing but energy converters. That's what it is. And we lose so much energy to sound, radiation, and heat. When we make more power, we're actually using things more efficiently. You, we're not creating power. You know, as we know with uh, one of Newton's laws, is that energy cannot be created or destroyed ideally. Of course, you can use fission and fusion and, and create, but in what we do, all things being equal, you cannot. So, that being said, anything you can do to harness that heat energy, that's why my huge advocate of turbocharging anything that takes advantage of heat and sound energy is a good thing which is pretty nice you know uh he hasn't oh i missed it what did tony ask i'm so sorry tony i didn't see a question so many things are coming up very quickly 
So please forgive me. Hello, Arkim. Thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Is the CRZ able to run 300 horsepower legally in Cali? Not how I designed it right now. Um, actually, I don't know if laws have changed, but before, hybrids weren't subject to emissions testing. So I don't know. Um, can I tune Megasquare ECU? I don't like tuning Omega Squared at all. So I, I refuse to do it. I don't do it, you know? Um, Street King, no, I don't have ASC certifications because I'm not a mechanic. So as an engineer, I like to design components to go fast. I do a lot of R&D here, testing, dyno tuning, but I'm not a repair facility. So I do not have an ASC certification. So I hope that helps, you know? Ever thought of diesel tuning? Yes, quite a bit. I just haven't had the opportunity to partner with a manufacturer to do that. Just when I was getting close with Porsche, Porsche stopped and it's the first major manufacturer to stop doing diesels. So I don't know if I'll be doing it very soon, you know? Do I have or ever had a midship Honda? So if you mean mid-engine, no, I have not. I've um, done tons of design and tuning for NSXs. Um, Acro provided an NSX about a month ago, but I've never had the opportunity firsthand to be able to do that, you know? High reliable compression ratio on straight Cali 91 turbo build. It depends on camshaft. So, if I have a camshaft that wants to take advantage of low RPM torque and not much high-end power, I can get away with probably 10 and a half, probably 11 to 1. If I have the capability of uh, running pretty large camshafts, I can probably get away, static compression with probably 12, mid-12s to 1 without challenge, you know? Hey, you guys inspect my F20C block? Yes, we can definitely have it inspected. No problem whatsoever. Um... Ever consider using EGR to recycle into... Oh, that's not a complete sentence. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, when can you do my PowerFC SR20? Ooh, I do not like PowerFCs. So, the PowerFC was a great engine management solution years ago. And very popular in Japan in particular. But it's extremely limiting in terms of being able to allow me to tune properly and put in fail-safes. So... Imagine doing surgery with a butter knife. You could, but it's not the greatest way to do it. I would highly encourage you to upgrade your SR20 to something like an AM Infinity or even a Series 2. The PowerFC is extremely limiting and doesn't allow tuners like us to do a fantastic job to make sure your setup is absolutely reliable. You know? Are there any blocks go to Ego to... Are any blocks go to Ego do not sleeve? Yes. I don't think they sleeve any iron blocks. So you have something that's like um, old school Mercedes M104 or like a 2JZ with an iron block, or any of the old school E94s that are, you know, iron bottom ends, they don't sleep those. I know that. They probably could, but I've never seen it done over there. It's very interesting, you know? Um, recycle the EGR guys into a compressor or turbo. Well, I wouldn't do that only because I wouldn't want exhaust gases to contaminate my intake. So for a power perspective, it's not a great thing to do. Anytime you take up elements of combustion with combusted gases, that makes things very inefficient. That's why I'm a huge advocate of big overlap camshafts where you can have what is known as inertia supercharging, where both the intake and exhaust are open, and then you can create such scavenging the exhaust or such pressure intake that you can blow combusted remnants of combusted elements from the intake into the exhaust. So you can have a clean intake charge on the downstroke and create more power. So. From an emissions perspective, yes, it helps reduce NOXs. But from a power perspective, it's not necessarily the best thing. Yes. 
I should build a Dubai-style dune climber with an old Nissan Patrol. You know what's crazy? 22, that'd be awesome. Nissan Patrols are not indigenous to here. I'm from Nigeria. Nissan Patrol, I grew up on Nissan Patrols, but they're not here in the U.S. That would be pretty cool. I really, you know what I like? Um, I was at CES and uh, FCA had a very large booth with Jeep and Dodge and Chrysler. And they had this pretty cool Jeep Wrangler that looked like a partial pickup with a quad cab, which is pretty cool. It was pretty nice. I wouldn't mind having one of those or playing around with that, you know? Hello, Clarence alums. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, husband. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Will I consider doing a GR Super Build with Craig Lieberman? Ooh, I like Craig. I've known Craig since the old school Nopi days and when he was involved in the earlier Fast and Furious as a technical liaison for that film. Great guy. If he's building one, I wouldn't mind. I definitely wouldn't, you know? Uh, do eco-mentalists ever get married for what you do? Yes, they do. So AJ, um, I get it both. And... When I talk to those people, they tend to be the enthusiasts that find it appealing to play around with more EV cars, even though it takes a lot of coal to create enough energy to be able to charge an EV setup. But here is the fine line. I'm a huge advocate of alternative fuels. I love hydrogen. I love ethanol. I love fuels that can allow me to even make power. I love natural gas. I love fuels that have high octane and allow me to make a lot of power and have fun without the guilt. I'm huge on that. You know, it's pretty nice, you know? Guy Gillette is saying, do I remote tune? I do not. And the reason why is because there's something very important. Hello, Luscious. Turbo Pineapple, good seeing you. There's something very connected with listening to a car, hearing things, feeling things. Above and beyond that, when most people say remote tune, they mean like a street tune where someone drives down the street, gets a log and sends to you. Not only is that dangerous, but you can never, ever optimize ignition timing or cam control on the street. Absolutely impossible. You need to quantify that information with a dynamometer. You need to be able to know what the torque curve looks like and how it does it. And engines don't make the best power, don't make the best mean pressure near knock. So when I see these remote tunes where people send you send your logs and they put more and more timing until you're about to knock and they back off, that's not ideal. Plus, not all cars want the same fuel ratio. On the same car, you don't optimize power with the same fuel ratio across the RPM band. You may want a certain fuel ratio at peak torque, which differs from high RPM. You may want to be able to have a leaner mixture down low, and for safety and heat that's created in high RPMs, you might want it to be a little more richer. How do you know that if you don't have access to a dyno? Absolutely impossible. So, that being said, find a reputable dyno, find a reputable operator, dyno to your cars. You spend so much time saving up and buying the best parts for your car. Don't ever, ever cheapen out on it, you know? Um, can I explain VTEC lock pros and cons? So here's the beautiful uh, pros of locking VTEC. Locking VTEC allows you not to have to worry about VTEC solenoids noise going out. Doesn't have to make you worry about, no, it depends on how you lock it. Some people put pins, which I feel that that puts a lot of strain on the center lobe. So now that one lobe sees the pressure of two springs or retainers, it puts a lot of friction. That's why it's even more important to use oil. Um, the advantage is that you don't have to worry about VTEC going in and out. You don't have to worry about falling out of VTEC. You don't have to worry about anything else. The proper way that I like to see uh, with VTEC elimination is to have longer rockers that use the outer lobes. So you have one rocker per lobe and you have a custom camshaft that has a big profile on that and eliminates the center. 
That's what I like. It makes for a much lighter valve train application, uh, removes uh, any components that can add weight, hence allowing for higher RPM capability, and allows you the opportunity to make even more reliable power, which I like very much. But just putting pins in it, the only advantage I see there is being able to eliminate some of the VTEC solenoids you can fail from time to time. Uh, you don't have to worry about that at all. And it has a pretty cool idol. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Uh, so, Kenosha Show is saying, this might be a dumb question. Instead of using nitrous oxide, have you thought about doing pure oxygen injection? So if you do pure oxygen, pure oxygen is very explosive. Not very safe at all. So um, I have never thought of it because I do understand that just having pure oxygen can be explosive in nature. So I wouldn't do that. The one thing about nitrous is the, the, nit the nitrogen component of that allows for some sensible stability, which helps quite a bit, you know? Thank you, Tub Ninja. Appreciate the kind words. My pleasure, 212. I appreciate that indeed. So guys, I have quite a bit to do, and I want to thank all of you for joining me in this waiting room here at BCMoto, and I appreciate all the wonderful questions and being able to assist as time progresses. But nonetheless, I will be here again next week. I'll be on actually in and out this week as well, and I'll be getting requests for me to do like a small um, information seminar on the oil. So I may do a little, I may put together a little PowerPoint presentation and then have you guys join me on that as I do this slide presentation sharing the advantages of oil, very balanced. I'll, of course I'll talk about pure oil, but I'll talk about oils and why it's important and so on and so forth. Putting a little bit of a backgrounder into my chemical engineering, which would be very nice, okay? So guys, have a good afternoon. Thank you for joining me here. And I look forward to seeing many of you soon. Take care. Cheers. Stop it, Sam. I saw that. <laughs> Bye.